Right. I got it though. It's if a- you were as concerned about this podcast as you are about seeing the Olympics at 6 a.m. in the morning, we could get somewhere. Priorities. All right. I mean, come on now. Did you see the gymnastics team? No. You ready to get rolling? Yes. All right. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Tattoos and Jesus. We have been promoting today's episode. I'm really excited. We have a special guest with us today um, from uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Actually, I don't know where Ross is from. We'll find that out. But uh, currently uh, sitting in the state of South Carolina, Ross Hill is going to be a special guest for us today um we're going to get to know him here in a minute and that's pretty much it that's really going to be the episode and um that's it but we have as always the um i don't know unpredictable josh barton who has screwed screwed up his coffee for episode Uh, number two in a row look i tried the keurig breaking is not my fault me not getting the coffee last episode is all on me but are you, blaming, are you gonna blame tyranny for this too yes absolutely i told the cure it was bootleg in the first place and she still brought it to me so it the button don't even like i press the button it don't even turn on so on a curing there's a there's a round button did you push that one it's the only button that's on the thing the yeah, this literally one button it's a single the single pod like the old school oh yeah yeah it's the only button on there it's plugged in the wall it is plugged i used to actually try both outlets not a thing. Not a thing. So, so maybe, maybe I haven't listened to enough episodes. Who's Tyranny? <laughs> <laughs> tyranny is uh, my coworker whose office is right beside me. She's like a big coffee snob, I guess you could say. And she gave me this Keurig just for this. So um, it doesn't work. So I will, uh, I will definitely have to get on to her about tyranny that. Tyranny is the third host of this show that has yet to she has yet to respond to the conviction of the holy spirit to join our crew but we we pray for her (laughs) yeah she's not going to join bless her heart yeah bless her heart that's it bless bless her yeah i have this thing where i always worry about whenever kids get named after like adjectives where it's like patience like that's a lot to live up to tyranny is an interesting expectation for your child yeah yeah 100 percent. it it's us she does not fit what her name says but i will say we in short we call her t so it makes it a little bit better so nobody really calls her tyranny we call her t so it, it kind of lowers the expectations a little bit from uh from tyranny so maybe maybe that works a little bit better yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's kind of like, well, if you anchor the expectation that this is going to be a tyrannical interaction, and then it's really great. It's like, oh, yeah, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's not much to live up to when it's just like, hey, I'm meeting Josh today. It's just kind of like, wow, okay, well, yeah. whatever. Depends on your experience with Josh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so see, it could be good or it could be bad. I grew up with about five other Joshes, so it was – uh nothing unique about it and then um i'm pretty sure uh marty marty cheated and used his middle name as his first name what are you talking about listen i had to step away for a minute and use the restroom marty wow not prepared huh it's not like this was like scheduled weeks in advance listen, no listen yeah, to what you come at me about the curry you couldn't schedule no. a bathroom break listen i'm surrounded my office is surrounded by therapists who are obsessed with being healthy these days and so one of the things apparently that comes with being healthy is drinking large amounts of water and so i'm like you know what i'm gonna get on that gravy train how much water do i need to drink and so um my unfortunate co-worker slash friend Stephen Prince is like you need to drink a gallon of water a day and so I've got this 32 ounce cup I'm like all right so I've pounded 64 ounces of water in the last hour and a half because I drank two of them I just used the restroom like 20 minutes ago and I was like all right that's good I'm ready for the show jump on here the second 32 just hit me so the cool thing about that is it's a really good plan because you know when they talk about like hydrating like gatorade has you know other stuff in it yeah and if you're taking something from steven it has to come with a big grain of salt so you're getting your salt intake and your water intake (laughs) (laughs) that was good 
All right. Are we ready for the coffee review? I made it to what are you ready for I'm the re- podcast dirty, in general? Listen, dirty brew review time. Uh, um, we apparently again are not I did my end of the job. So if okay. you're listening, if you went out and you purchased Starbucks Pike Place coffee, like I Marty did. Pike Place. I thought it was Pike's Peak. Pike's no, but you funny story, three times in a row I pulled up to Starbucks and ordered Pike's Peak and they corrected me. That's why I know that it is Pike's Place. Rookie. Or Pike Place. Something. It's not Pike's Peak. Um anyway, um, which is actually a racing error, because I like racing and they race at Pike's Peak where they used to. So that's why I know that place so well. Mm. So all right, Josh. What, fan. what do you what do you have? <laughs> so I bought I have a like a 32 pack. All they had at the store was like a 32 pack K cup. They didn't have ground anything. They had whole beans. I didn't have time to do all that. So I got the K cups. Like, yeah, I'll use my Keurig. Got to work. Long story short, Keurig doesn't work. Um, so I have a fresh cup. And by fresh, I mean it's probably made four hours ago, slightly warm of Folgers medium roast which we've already reviewed yes I want you to I want you to review the four hour old one to see how close it is to our score because you don't know what we that was the first one we ever scored like ever the Folgers yeah so with it being slightly warm yeah Ross what are you drinking today okay let me let me pull this thing up I took a picture of the carton so I can that's what I'm talking about exact all right so in the theme of because we're, we're doing affordable coffee right yeah and just oh, yeah. so the listeners know marty invited me on this podcast never once did he offer to share the pike's uh place cake up with me wow he, marty he wanted me to be unprepared and <laughs> i just feel like you should, i texted you and said go buy thing. one oh yeah you texted me and, and order to spend money thank you marty yeah you can ship what it we do them. I could have. I have 32 at the office if you'd like one. I'm not using so. 32? That's uh, like $25. That's all it. they had. I didn't, I couldn't. I mean, that's all they had. Can't hide money. <laughs> yeah. I, hadn't, I didn't eat lunch today. I just have K-cups. But, just crank yeah. one open and put a pinch in your lip like a dip. Tell that thing. T- anyway, Ross, what do you have? I've got, so I went to Aldi last week and picked up. Aldi brand, Friendly Farms, ice, Friendly Farms, iced coffee, sweet and creamy, made with 100% premium Arabica coffee. That's not coffee, man. That's dessert. It, excuse me, sir. It has coffee in the name twice. So mm. I'm going to say, oh, and it's mocha flavored. But pretty <laughs> coffee. First ever iced coffee review. Have you tried it yet? Have you had it? Have you consumed yeah, any it. of it? I have had it. Okay. I haven't, I haven't tried that. So when I go to Starbucks, I always get Pike place. Yes. Um, but I haven't had the K cup version of it before. What's your overall, tell me this, since we're technically supposed to be reviewing Starbucks, 33% of us, Whatever. Whatever. what is y'all's general view of star? Isn't the number one coffee like chain in the world? Probably. Um, what is your overall sentiment towards Starbucks? I'm going to try this coffee while y'all answer that. Well, you, you know, you're taking a shot at Josh about can't hide money, but if mm. you go to Starbucks enough to have a regular mm. order that you've been corrected on, you're showing your bougie a little bit there, bud. Breach. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Hey, third host right here. He's got, he's, this is it. He's got my back twice. This does taste like the Starbucks Pikes place. I mean, because next you're going to tell me that, you know, you after you went to Starbucks, you went to Panera and had a $30 peanut butter and jelly or something. That's right. That's I eat right. Panera like four times a week. No, I'm, you do not. Do you really? Their iced coffee is really good. I'm done with you. Gosh, I, this I think is... we've determined that Marty is actually a basic white girl. He is. That's, that's exactly what he – he doesn't even like coffee. Every time we review coffee, he likes the coffee <laughs> that doesn't taste like coffee. Just wait till so, pumpkin spice season. Hey, I'm here for pumpkin spice season now. I, mean, I, I do like Starbucks. Um, the stuff that I get from there is good. I'm running out of organs to sell to go there. Mm. But uh, normally Please. I like the stuff that's not coffee. Like, you, 
you talk about bougie you work at modern wellness you work at the bougiest counseling clinic in the uh county right now by bougie do you mean quality yes those are different that's not y'all are elite y'all y'all came in strong yeah kelly kennedy does not do anything halfway that is true we're actually our second location monday what i'm getting at is i know you got a dollar to spend no unfortunately not you know how it is man every everybody gives lip service to how important mental health is until it's time for us to like eat or pay our bills or anything so did we judge starbucks yet do you like so you like starbucks josh do you like starbucks yeah man i like starbucks i it's i would much rather go to a local shop than starbucks but i do like starbucks i mean it's fine nothing wrong with it it's expensive like we know i would personally i i'm okay with like the cheap coffees that we try yeah like i'm i'm 100 okay with that then to go like i like starbucks like i'll go there and get a cup of coffee but i don't like starbucks mm. like i prefer these other coffees to starbucks yeah it's because they the the bag itself costs about the same price as a cup of coffee yeah. from starbucks and to me, it tastes a li- like if you get to just their black coffee, they just taste a little burnt. Mm. You think that? Is that just me? Yeah, it's just I never got their black coffee. Same. Yeah, if I yeah. go, it's something like flavored or frozen. Yeah, white chocolate mocha or something like that. Like, if you go to Starbucks to get black coffee, then uh, you, I mean, their, their black coffee is not that expensive. It's like two fifty or something. You might as well just go to QT and get it for like a quarter or whatever it is. Well, burn your face off. But sometimes I want breakfast and they got a really good mm. that egg feta spinach wrap. Yeah, spinach spinach feta egg. Or, yeah, well, man, don't, don't sleep on QT's breakfast pizza. Holy cow, it's so good. Never had it, but I've heard great things about their breakfast. I've had their like pizza pizza and it is delicious, but I've never had the breakfast pizza. It's a pizza with egg sausage and like white gravy gravy like it has gravy like instead of pizza sauce it's got like white breakfast gravy that sounds like a lot of calories but it sounds heavenly you know it's not runny but it's it's really good i want it to be like papa john's i want it to come with a side of gravy instead of like the butter sauce that butter garlic sauce like can we get a side of gravy i mean you can ask who knows Wait, what did you what did you think came on breakfast pizza? I figured it'd be more just like casserole, like just no sauce, just gravy lists. Hmm. So it'd just be more like a like a like a, a slight crust, maybe like a, a crispy crust with a like a triangle piece egg, of toast. A triangle, a triangle quiche. Triangle quiche. Okay. All right. So Marty. Yeah. Pike's place. This does taste like Starbucks Pike Place. Scores, scores. I drink, I drink this stuff fairly consistently. I like it, but I don't love it. I I wish, like, at one point, I'm going to go back and we're going to edit every time you start a coffee review because it's the same <laughs> exact thing. Every It's literally like you, you do the... I mean, I like it, but I just don't love it. You say that about every single coffee that we have drank. And then you score in between like 4.5 and 4.3. is my number. Oh, that's not, no, 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 no. That's not my score. That's not my score. I'm just telling you, like, my mind wants to give everything a 4.3. Like, I gave 8 o'clock coffee the other day a 4.3. Jeez. Okay, so what do you Everything's give? either like a 4.3 or a 5.3 in my head, I think. Um... There's only like four numbers to go between right now. So just, you just got to pick one of them. Five, two. <laughs> That's out uh, of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the way that it works is five is perfectly neutral. So anything above five 
means it's enjoy it's like positive no no real negatives but it's better than neutral like your regular Folgers your regular Maxwell house that's like right at the five okay and then so anything is better than that anything lower than a five is uh, it just it, there's something lacking either yeah. a lot to be lacking or a little to be lacking so I think the highest one we've had so far is like a combined total score is like a six eight like Seattle's best, we gave really good reviews to. Donut Shop, we gave really good reviews to. You gave really good reviews to Donut Shop was, because anyway, it, it tastes like water. Let's get to know Ross, Josh. How about that? Look, you got to let Ross do his iced coffee score. Oh, this, yeah. This, the Ross, Dirty what, Brew Review. It's not all about party. Josh, are you doing yours again or is it just mine? <laughs> oh, yeah. What would you say? <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna so four hour old Folgers, I would give a four eight. Four so, eight? Or that's yeah. Better that's that's better than instant coffee, Maxwell House. Okay. I would, rather, only... I would rather drink mud water than drink Maxwell House instant coffee again. Yeah. Oh, here Instagram it comes. Keeps wanting me to buy uh mud water. It's some kind of coffee alternative. Maybe y'all should try that one at some point. A coffee alternative? Yeah. I don't know. It's probably made of like, like something. <laughs> it's got, how do you have a, a what is it got like caffeine in it? I think so. Kratom. Okay. It's like liquid meth. <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's try it out. So, Ross, your Aldi brand. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Mocha leggings sugary whatever Ooh, captain starbucks and panera is coming to me for my iced coffee okay that's right all right so here's like i did the full sommelier thing over here i didn't have my spit bucket you know like if we were drinking wine or something but <laughs> um i'm gonna say it's basically a slightly thicker yoohoo with caffeine that sounds wow. delicious it's <laughs> yeah, good um i'm i love you i'm gonna give it a six a six okay yeah. okay that's a solid score for iced coffee especially uh, aldi brand it's not gonna be expensive yeah it's like a dollar 85 for a half gallon or something it's like for a, a half gallon mm-hmm. that's pretty solid and i i had uh, one time this or last week where or maybe yesterday i don't know but where I used it as creamer, which also worked out pretty good. Mm. That's a good, that's, that's a lot of caffeine right there. Like I'm putting well, caffeine in my caffeine. You know, you do what you got to do. That's right. This is like my fifth cup of coffee today. You know who has good, like, frozen-y, drinky things is QT. Have you ever had their, like, frozen mocha slushy things? I have, man. I don't really like them that much. Some, they're, really? They're kind of gritty. Like they're not blended as much or something. But I like their hot coffee. Like their okay. caramel like lattes or cappuccinos yeah. or whatever. I like some of those too. I've never tried QTs. Are they that good? I just I can't. The well, see, the hot ones, the hot ones are like like burn your mouth apart hot as, as soon as you get it so it's hard for me like you have to give that thing like three hours to cool off and then it's about yeah. about ready to rock and roll but no i've never had the um never had the ice ones hey real quick question let's do a couple of your intro questions to get sure. to know before we run out of the nine minutes can you guys see that timer that nine minute yeah. timer yeah, and then what we'll do is at the end of that, cut it, switch to the other one, and then and jump into the other discussion. Straight interview, Ross. Okay. Cool. All right. So just go ahead, Josh, lead with, all right, let's get to know Ross now or something like that. Let's not really get to know. It's kind of just a generic question, but okay. Just, just um, something I can cut into. All right. So I was thinking today, so let me get y'all's opinion on this. Don't know where it came from. I was just sitting there, and what came back to me was – I was sitting interviewing somebody. So I used to work at a methadone clinic and there was three of us in a room interviewing another counselor coming on. And 
I, in the interview, the director asked this question. He said, in the interview, he said, if you could be any kind of animal, what would you be? And I did not know he was asking this question. <laughs> and I was like, what? what? Like, why are we asking this during the interview? So as two experienced therapists, there's two, two, two parts to this. Number one, do you actually think that has any value when they answer that in an interview process? Like, is there a depth to this question that I'm not seeing? And number two, what animal? That's what I got for you. Okay. The first one, I, like the way I think of it, because I've been known to ask questions in interviews that are hard, evidently, especially at like a methadone clinic, is that's a very, like that's, an, that's a question you don't expect in an interview so um, it's like oh that would kind of throw me off my game a little bit mm. but working with clients with substance use problems you're always going to run into something that throws you off your game and so if you can't handle a question that throws you off in an interview what are you going to do when somebody's sitting in front of you going through something Good. is where my brain okay. goes for. okay I can't, I can't beat that answer. That's a solid answer. That's a, I never would have thought about it as, as far yeah. as like a it's, random question. But it's he, not so much about the animal as it is. How does this person handle this? That's a great response. If he would have told me that, but what he told me was whatever the animal they chose told him a lot about their character and where they fit in our organization. I mean, I can see that too. Okay. Okay. I don't know that that to me gets a little bit into almost like, you know, like a, a dream interpretation kind of thing. Did he also ask for their sign? Like what astrology? Are you a Capricorn or a I can't, I can't with the, I can't with the signs. I can't, I just can't with the signs. Like I see stuff on, on social media all the time. It's like, Oh yeah. You already know I'm like this because I'm a Taurus or whatever. I was like, no, I have a four Taurus outside that I dropped like that. You are not, like what does that even mean like it means you're unpredictable oh God. you break down frequently <laughs> and you get driven by a freak first of all no man bun here um so what animal are we is that your second question so, so what do you think he had ross you, you have solid answers i will say that's probably the the best answer i've gotten when i've asked this question before like why do you ask this question that's good that's good what about you Marty? like do you feel like there's something to it or no because i feel like you would ask this question i'll be honest i'm gonna start really i'm gonna start asking this question i mean i do find it interesting i like to see how people's minds operate and so immediately if somebody says what kind of animal would you be like i love those kind of questions because to me it does reveal what type of thinker they are and to me, it's not about the animal. It is like because it's about your explanation of that animal. So you could pick any animal you wanted, but I want to see how you connect the dots versus somebody that's like, I mean, I don't know, probably a kitty cat because I think they're cute. Mm. Like to me, I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like your brain can't go deeper. So they had, you they can't had a ball and resume and they said kitty cat because it's cute. You're not going to hire them. Who wrote your resume for you? <laughs> okay okay that's, mm -hmm. that's fair though that's fair i think their answer was like like a toucan bird or something i don't know with some wild we didn't hire but um did you see where there was a zoo i think this was real that had to pull the parrots from <laughs> from the the scenery or whatever because they were they were saying like f you to the visitors and then laughing about it <laughs> Really? Yeah. That is genius. The parents were like, F you, F you. <laughs> How do you train? Like that's, that's uh, no, he, had, he, was, he had to be either fired or promoted one, whoever told him. No, my guess is it's probably a bunch of teenagers that knew parents can recite stuff and they told them to do it. Don't you have to be like, they just Can't. repeat everything? I, I don't know. I just think that'd be hilarious. Did you see that too, Ross? Yeah, I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline. I didn't need to read the article because I just wanted to believe it to be true. <laughs> so so what 
What what's animal? your animal? What's your animal? Ross, what's your animal? Marty, what's your animal? And then we'll we'll transition into a more formal questionnaire mm-hmm. here for I tell you what, man, since Marty and I were on the spot and you knew the question was coming, how about we follow your lead on it? Oh, uh, I, I couldn't. He asked me that question afterwards and I, I don't even know what I said. I think I said a, um, some type of bird because I think it would be cool to fly. So I'd probably fall in that category of Marty's not going to hire me and ask me who wrote <laughs> my resume because of my answer. Um, but I think I said some kind of bird or something. I don't know. I think it was like a blue jay, maybe. A blue jay? Okay, don't come at me. Like, what's your animal? If you say a lion, I'm done. Elephant. Uh, oh, shout out to that. I do An have elephant. a bird on my arm, though. Shout out. A um, crow? For, uh, for the listeners, Marty has an elephant tattooed on his arm. Thank you for the That's clarification. Correct. I'm an elephant. Um, I'm large and lumbering practically speaking i'm kind of like an elephant um but i also when i think of elephant like i think of like okay before you laugh let me explain myself okay but when i think of elephant i think of like a wise creature who is like it's it's soft and it's approachable but it's also like strong and protective now, are you making the case? And so I want, I would like to be, I would like to be, I'm not saying I am, I would like to be known as strong and protective and stable and, but approachable and loving. And I'd, I'm be honest, those little kids want to pull on my ears. Like I would not describe an elephant as approachable. That is not a word I'm probably going to describe as an elephant, but it's possible. And I can I can shoot water up my nose. There's the true answer. Can we isolate the clip of Marty saying that he wants kids to come and pull on his ears? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I will edit that out, and then we'll start that uh. the episode that way. <laughs> and then and then we'll see that our runtime was 15 seconds for the episode. So all right, all right, Blue Jay Josh. Yeah. All right, Ross, what you got? Who's I'm, what? I'm what torn animal? on mine because it's like if I was if it's like pick an animal you'd like to represent you, it's like, well, I've always liked wolves and some of the, you know, like attributes associated with that, like, you know, teamwork, loyalty, stuff like that. But if I was going to pick to be one, I think I'd want to be something domesticated. Like I don't want to be like a cat because nobody expects cats to listen or do anything. You just hang out and do what you want, and climb trees and fight furniture and whatever. True that. So you, you chose the kitty cat rat because they're cute? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I don't know. They're cute. All right, lone wolf, cat boy, whatever <laughs> whatever you are. Cat boy. Cat boy. Uh, Not my... lone wolf, man. The, it's the pack. You got to have the pack. It's like you're like Zach Galifianakis. Uh, you, have you seen? Was, is that off on Hangover when he's like, "I'm a lone wolf"? I, yes. I have no idea how to take that comment. Have, have you seen that movie? movie? Yeah, I've seen that movie. What's the quote? I'm a lone wolf. Yeah. Is that yeah, it? Is that the? I think you got it. Oh, yeah. good, good job, Marty. High five. All right, so let's 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 transition here. We've bantered long enough. All right, so Ross, we asked you to be on the show today. Uh, because we want to corner you and we want to make you feel uncomfortable. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, so mission successful. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. So I hit you up a couple weeks ago, but Josh and I, I, th- I told Josh I don't know, probably a couple months ago, like, listen, we need to have Ross on the show one of these times that we're looking to, to have an interview. And so that day is today. Uh, and so I appreciate you being willing to do it. And so a couple months ago, I forget, I think we were texting maybe about the podcast and you kind of shared with me that like you grew up in a, and I don't want to misuse words, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I want you to explain to me what, the, what this means, but what you told me was you grew up in a, I don't know, fundamentalist home in a Christian home in a faith home. You grew up something and then you kind of through that experience said, this is not for me. And you walked away from it. And so that fascinates me. I want to hear that story. 
And because I don't think you're unlike a lot of people who grew up in the South. Okay. Um, I don't think you're unlike that in, in many ways. So a couple of just basic questions I want to ask you, um, where are you from and where did you grow up? Okay. Which I guess is the same question. <laughs> uh, I'm from a small town in South Carolina called Chiraw. Chiraw? Uh, C-A-E-R-A-W. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Highly debated if it's Chiraw or Chiraw. Uh, so, I don't know. Listeners can fight that out. Uh, we got a state park and a Walmart. That's about it. Uh, it's in the northeast part of the state, about an hour from the beach, about 30, 45 minutes from the North Carolina state line. Did you go to Sherrill High School? I did. Is it the Indians or something? Yeah, the Braves. The Braves. I didn't know this to this minute. I hate Sherrill High School. Mm, are you remembering like around 2005 or six when the football team played Broom? No, I am remembering about three years ago or four years ago when they knocked my wife out of the playoffs when she was almost winning a state championship in softball. Your wife was playing softball in high school three years ago? Let's not get into the details. No, she was a coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Then that pulling ears trick really, really hit the spot, didn't it? Jeez. <laughs> Good she, night. Uh, she, she coaches now, but she played for Broom. Oh, okay. Back in the day. MVP MVP there. of the North South game her senior year. I always try to plug that. She was a she was good. Anyway. Oh, yep, that's where I'm from. Okay, so you're from Sherall, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Or Charal, South Carolina. Yep. So what was that like? So uh, what was it like? Town. What was it like growing up in Sherall, South Carolina? At least, what was your experience growing up there? And when I say that, I mean, like, what was your, like, kind of from a spiritual perspective, like the, the faith side of things, not like day to day. Like, I don't care how many Taco Bells you went to. Like, what, what What's was your that story? What's your story, yeah. man? What's your, just, just give us your story, you know? So I grew up um, in households that the phrase that I use is culturally Christian. Um, so like growing up, my, my parents didn't, uh, my parents separated when I was like three or four. So I grew up in two households basically my whole life. And my parents, you know, we might say the blessing before we ate or do prayers before bedtime, sometimes read like, uh, you know, little kid books about Bible stories, stuff like that. I went to vacation Bible school some here and there during the summers, but we didn't, weren't like regular church goers didn't mm-hmm. go frequently uh, my grandmother on my dad's side did and so sometimes I would go with her um, I might go with friends here and there but I really didn't grow up in the church um, just that normal bible belt everybody's kind of Christian by default sort of thing mm-hmm. so when I was a teenager I started I kind of had this idea you know that the thing to do what I should unquote, what I should do is that I should be in church and I should be learning and I should be like growing in faith and stuff like that so around maybe 14 15 I started going to church with my grandma uh, which was really great because we would go it was just she and I and then I'd come back and usually she'd cook and we'd have lunch and talk and hang out for a while and as I got older and could drive you know 15 and a half um, then I could just take myself and I did that for let's see two and a half years I guess from the time I could drive or a little before up through graduation and then my first few years of college I would come back maybe every other weekend and still go to church with her uh, I went to a small uh, free will Baptist church which is a denomination kind of similar to what people might think of with the Southern Baptist Convention with a few theological differences and I started going there had a conversion experience of how old was I? Uh, maybe 16, I think. Um, no, I wasn't 16 yet. I was, yeah, about 15, anyway, 15, 16. I had, you know, the felt convicted by the Holy Spirit, called to the altar, go, um, you know, pray, ask Jesus to come in my life. And 
after that because I was driving a bunch because county's rural everywhere everything was 20 minutes from everything else my mom from my dad my parents either my parents from town uh me and the girl I was dating at the time were about 20 30 minutes apart so like well I spent a lot of time on the road spent a lot of time on the radio stumbled across uh this radio station I can't remember the number now but it was uh a station of American Family Radio which is a uh, evangelical Christian uh, radio network and heard a guy preaching on there. I was like, okay, cool. I can use my travel time to, to learn and grow about this new part of my life. And so from there in, that's kind of the flavor that my faith had of uh, uh, conservative Christian politics combined with uh, evangelical literal interpretation Young Earth creationists, all that kind of stuff, and those were the voices that I was getting, and that shaped the next few years of my life in terms of my faith and my general worldview. Man, so that carried you through till about when? About how old were you when you just ended that? Um, probably. Yeah, I was 21, maybe 24, 25. Okay. Um, and kind of what happened was a few things put together. Um, there were some like conflict and drama in my home church when I was still, I was about a soft after my, let's see, after my sophomore year of college, I think. Or maybe it was after my freshman year, I can't remember. But um i i saw some division going on and some people that i looked up to doing things in ways i didn't think were consistent with how i thought of them mm -hmm. and how i thought things should have happened so that was kind of one track where it's like oh my these people that are a part of my foundation of like character and faith were acting inconsistently with how i thought how i thought they should act and who i thought they were and then also, you know, I was being exposed um, because I was a psychology major and a sociology major. So I'm taking a lot of classes on sociology and learning about different cultures and uh, different perspectives on things. And I started to, once I especially graduated undergrad and then went into grad school, I started having these like conflicts on kind of a like intellectual level of an emotional level. There are some things that I I'm starting to believe, especially as I'm working towards being a therapist of like, you know, even from a little bit of like a political like libertarian view coming in, it's like, if people want to do something that makes them happy, that's okay. And if I'm going to sit and counsel people and talk to them and have unconditional positive regard and be able to take this stance of like, well, if you're not doing anything that hurts anybody, then there are different ways to be healthy. There are different things that can be okay. And so I've had this dissonance between like, part of me says we'll take like you know people that are trans or gay like part of me says that these things are wrong and that these people shouldn't engage in these activities and then another part of me is looking saying like well people are finding happiness and comfort and experiencing a lot of distress when they're not allowed to have those things and so how do i marry these two things together um and then having some people in my life that were important to me and very close to me come out um also and seeing what they went through and I came to this place you know in my mid-20s of I have two competing beliefs and which ones do I think are right and which ones do I go with and so I went with the more experiential newer stuff that I was seeing and feeling and learning not as opposed to the one narrow view of Christianity that I had been given. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that was an evolution over time or was there one point where you feel like those the like you said the experiential versus the doctrine that you held to kind of came to a, a a pivotal point when you said I have to choose because you were at such dissonance is there a point where you look back and you said it was over this week it was over this like very distinct period of time that like I have to make a decision or do you feel like it was just kind of this gradual evolution from where you were to who you are 
I would say there, there's maybe a year or two where I've, I really started to feel the tension, but I, I think it's more of a situation of like gradual erosion as opposed to like a rock slide mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe it culminated in, in everything finally, you know, at some point, cause it wasn't like, even like the decision was made, it was sort of transition towards this conflict and then transition to where one side starts to hold more weight than the other side. So it's like slow transition and then the scales start to tip one way or another. Was there ever a point that you didn't want it to tip? Yeah. Um, Yeah, there was. Um, I remember the relationship that I was in at the time, you know, it it was kind of a point of conflict or concern when I talk about it because my partner was very much, um, committed to to her faith and so the fact that I was was questioning how I identified and what I believed in was was pretty distressing to her Um, and even now like like recently there's been some times where it's like I really miss the feeling of like certainty and comfort and stuff that comes with faith like believing um that there, that there's a plan and that there's somebody that, that cares and is watching out mm-hmm. for me and that sort of stuff. Like there's, there's definitely elements of it that I still uh, miss and wish that I had and in the moment for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was huge trying to, to wrap my mind around dealing with these things that seemed like they couldn't line up. So even though I could <clears throat> call it kind of the natural evolution of who you are and what you believe, it wasn't without consequence. No. Definitely significant not. consequence it sounds like yeah i mean it, it was a struggle and it, it still can be because what depending on who you ask there's either a lot of christians in the south or there's not a lot of christians in the south right like are we talking about people right. who identify as christian or people who who live out ethic and then depending on what church you ask one church is doing it right and all the other churches are doing it wrong right um, but generally you know i'd say probably more people than not would identify as christian and so any any discussions of like faith and stuff that come up it still you know puts you in sort of a different category and navigating those conversations and assumptions and stuff can, can be so what thing. how has so what happened with that relationship that you were in at that time how did your girlfriend ultimately respond? Because you didn't reconcile the tension and come back around to your faith. You actually distanced yourself from it. So did you guys end up parting ways or like, how did y'all reconcile that? Um, yeah, we were, it was actually my wife um, and we, some other things, you know, came up and changed over time that okay. that ended up not being the reason that we separated and are going through divorce. It was other Mm-hmm. Um, things that I'm trying to be vague like for her prophecy but it's nothing Plus happened stuff. that was like big and yeah. tumultuous like that wasn't the breaking point yeah right. and, and there right. wasn't yeah. anything horrible it was just other stuff came yeah. to a place and it's like so it really didn't break y'all up like it was tough for y'all because her faith at that point was really important and it was monumental and so it was a sticking point. It was kind of a sticky wicket that y'all worked through. But ultimately, I mean, y'all still got married and continued with the relationship until other stuff down the road yeah. came I mean, into the at, picture. At that time, we were, you know, we we'd already been married for a few years. We'd been together for a long time because I was in my, you know, early to mid twenties, and we had been dating since we were sixteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so this kind of you know, crisis of faith, if you want to call it that, happened post marriage. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't connected that. A couple years in because we got married uh, after I graduated from undergrad and there were some, mm-hmm. some changes going on internally or some tensions there gotcha. uh, about halfway through that process. But, you know, we were talking about kids and going into mm-hmm. fertility treatments and stuff like that. And so that was, that was part of it for her. It's like, well, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to try to have kids, like how, what are we going to, teach them how does this play in you know I thought we were on the same page about this and so even then just like you know it was hard to come out and say like I'm questioning this stuff I don't know Um, that was scary for her and scary for me to say out loud because it wasn't just for me like my faith it was 
for a long time, faith was my identity. Like I got really into not being active, like out, you know, working on campaigns and stuff, but I was really into conservative politics mm. and attached myself to, to those kind of beliefs in a really core way. Um, I was into apologetics for a long time. So, and that's mm. like being mm -hmm. able to know and defend the faith. And so it wasn't so, just this nominal thing that you were exploring. Like this was like core. Yeah, this was part of a big transition, you know, over a few years of some things that were really prominent in the front of my identity started yeah. to take a backseat. And that's, that's an interesting part of it too, that, that I feel is that th a lot of what happened with me, I can recognize was because I had one lens of of Christianity there was a small little box and window and this is what it is and so mm. thinking and learning over time to go towards stuff that's more more like progressive or accepting or you know depending on who you ask more uh what like wrong or backslidden or permissive or whatever is what I would heretic yeah like well yeah you're just sinful you're giving into the world you're going with the culture blah 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 but so those things to me were also presented as that is wrong. That is bad. These people are not doing the right thing. They're violating the word of God. They're not following uh, Christian tenets. And so there wasn't room to transition to anything else because it wasn't, uh, you know, we all have different interpretations of the Bible and we have stuff that we agree on. It was no, this is right. And everything yeah. else is wrong. Hard line. Yep. And so then the, the choice became it's either this or everything else did you feel like you were kind of backed in a corner where you couldn't balance the two and you were forced to choose um because it was that's... such a hard line it was such a either it's this or this it's not a it wasn't safe to blend those two worlds yeah it, it was definitely an either or and i didn't have really anybody around me presenting it that way it was all internal stuff because i wasn't involved in like a, a church or that's a where your attention took you was yeah. to this place it wasn't that like your church backed you in a corner and said either repent or get out or we'll stone you it was just kind of like your own tension kind of took you to this place yeah and the uh part of the reason i mentioned the apologetics piece is like i could probably still with all the you know years of studying and listening to podcasts and learning like probably still do a pretty good job of presenting that information it, it's not like a knowledge thing which was always part of of mm -hmm. that that sphere of christianity that i was in of you know well we're going to present rational arguments and we're going to cite historical fact and all that and it's like well no i still get all that like or understand all that i have different pieces of it that i might take issue with now that i didn't before but it it's not like a knowledge understanding it it shifted and did something different with belief and faith how do you feel like or what has your experience been with just people in general in your life, in your, your spiritual shift. You know, we talk about in the South, depending on how you see it, either everybody's a Christian or nobody's a Christian. But generally speaking, I would say that the vast majority of people hold to a Christian worldview, albeit an uneducated maybe Christian worldview in that they haven't done the apologetics piece. Like they could, you're probably more studied into the faith that many people hold than they are. And so what I find is that oftentimes when people have a very strong faith, but very shallow understanding, what you find is a very rigid faith. What they hold, they hold very strong, but they don't really know why. So they hold it really strong. Does that make sense? Yep. And so yeah, and to talk to somebody who's questioning that and to start to stretch the boundaries of that, I would imagine if at least if you entered into conversations could let lead to some interesting conversations with people. And you sort of hit it um, where mainly it's, I just don't talk about it a whole lot. Like, yeah, um, not sense. for any particular reason, I guess, maybe it doesn't come up, but um, some, there are some people that I'm close with or like, you know, medium level close friends or acquaintances where we'll talk about it and, kind of share some of the stories like I'm sharing with you guys and mm -hmm. some of the things that that happened um but I guess it most of the time in passing conversation it's just don't bring it up or 
you because I, I can talk about it in ways where like I know what I'm talking about. People maybe make assumptions um, about what my faith is. Mm-hmm. I'd say I probably talk about it with people who are in the sim- a similar boat as me more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Either people that don't identify as people of faith or used to and now don't or questioning like those conversations happen more. Um, and I find a lot of people that have for various reasons moved away when they were people of faith before. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that was one of, that's the kind of what, what you just mentioned was one of the driving forces that me and me and Marty talked about a lot in our supervision to where we wanted to start a podcast where we could talk about it. Like we wanted to create a safe place to talk about things that people of faith don't talk about or are uncomfortable talking about. And I think that's a huge I think it's a huge issue when you can't talk about it. Like the, it, it, it creates just this, like it's either us or you can't, you can only have one, one, one view here. And if you don't have this view, you know, we'll see you, we'll see you on the other side. And it's just like, it's not that simple. And so mm-hmm. I think what you're describing is perfect, especially for other people to hear that it's okay to have questions and it's okay to talk about it. But I think the biggest issue is having somebody to listen to those questions or listen to those, those, those things that we all struggle with because everybody struggles with it. I think when we talked about this before, like one of the main reasons I feel like people don't talk about it is because they're scared to ask themselves that. And they're scared to kind of wrestle with some of the same, same questions and doubts for their own, own sake i guess um that's what i was sitting here thinking um and i've had a little bit of this in my own life um and i want to constantly have it because i never want to be comfortable i think part of growth is always being a little bit uncomfortable but in ross you kind of alluded to this i think a little bit but when you start to to impose questions of faith for most people it's not just a question about how i live on earth it's also a question about how i will live in eternity Right. If your faith has an eternal component to it, if it involves a God and an eternal afterlife component and you start to question that, it's not just about do you go to church on Sundays? It's also about like what happened to grandma who died six years ago? What happens to me when I die? What happens to my kids when I die? Like there's a because Earth is finite, like, you know, I may live 50, 60, 70, 80 years and then it's over. But then there's this like we this eternity piece that is forever and ever always. Amen. And I think that's what scares people is if you start to question the beliefs that give them peace about eternity, it wigs them out. Mm-hmm. It's and even like when I was more active in the church, I, I noticed this, like what I'm about to say and kind of took issue with it. A lot of, I'll speak from my experience and observations, like a lot of more conservative or traditional or evangelical or whatever we want to call it um, lenses of christianity often focus on a fear-based recruitment Mm -hmm. like i even think about some of the billboards that are on 85 like if you're going to charlotte and it's like (laughs) heaven or hell your choice yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so you you want people to come because they're afraid of what happens if they don't like you want Mm -hmm. you want to take people hostage with belief is Mm -hmm. that what you're telling me um when I always felt like, you know, even when I was out there trying to witness and recruit people in, it's like, why don't we tell people about what they're going to get here and now? Like, don't, I understand like, yeah, big, big picture. It is a big deal. Um, and you don't have to, to lie or, or obscure it. If part of your theology is that, you know, there's a heaven and, and hell. And if you don't follow certain, if you don't, you know, repent and live, try to live, the best life you can that you risk going to a place to be punished and there's different types of views of you know how old is the idea of the the hot hell with the devil in the pitchfork versus just being separate from god versus you know blackness versus cold like all that stuff but the thing like that i feel like a lot of people don't understand if they haven't been part of a good faith community and had people around them is like when you go to church and you see people that care about you and you have people that are there for you and ask how you're doing and 
you know, when you need help with something, they'll help you and you get to be in a place where you feel uplifted and cared about and part of something. Like that's, that's the thing that you get. That's the benefit. You, know, you get mm-hmm. direction and peace and comfort and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, I know I kind of went off on a tangent with that, but no, that's good. Yeah, the, that's good. the eternal, um, the eternal peace is important, especially I think when we think about losing people, but oftentimes I feel like that obscures the more present day stuff. That's good. So where would you say you are today? Mm, on this journey? I would say that I don't associate myself with any particular like theology or belief system, I guess, which I guess is, is a long way of saying like not believing in anything or for some reason the, the like atheist label feels weird. I don't know why. I think it's because that was, you know, the enemy for so long. (laughs) There's, there's still stuff when I think about it, like where I'll catch myself where things tied to being like things that I believed and felt and thought as a Christian still hit me sometimes where like even saying out loud of like, I don't know if I'm a person of faith in anything or believe anything still feels weird. Mm. still feels like, um, like wrong or blasphemous in some way but then the other part of then the other side of me is like but you don't like so that faith system anymore so why does it feel weird it's just it's been in there for so long i think mm-hmm. so whether or not at the core you've reconciled it you would is it fair to say day to day you're what i would consider a practical atheist uh i don't know what that means like I think I've heard that used before, such as, I don't know that I figured out this whole God thing, but like day to day, it doesn't have an influence in how I live or how I operate. And so practically speaking, I operate as if I'm an atheist. There is no spiritual influence in how I live or operate. Yeah, I think that's a fair description. Like there's no particular like spirituality or or religion or faith that really plays in day to day. Okay. I got, I got one question and we'll wrap up um because i think a lot of people i've met a lot of people including myself that has been through kind of this journey that you're talking about and for you personally because everybody lands differently like you you mentioned that the knowledge wasn't really yet some people it is like what was it i guess that pushed you to the other to the other belief system like what was it since the knowledge was kind of there on it like what was it exactly that kind of pushed you in that direction because i think everybody has different experiences with that you know i wonder sometimes to something that we referenced earlier like if my if if my version and lens of christianity hadn't been so rigid and exclusionary like what marty said if if we would be having the same conversation like Mm. if i had come from happened to be brought up into like a worldview and a denomination that was more flexible or more interpretive or less literal or less you know it's this or nothing then maybe who knows maybe I I would still identify that way but I think that's what it came down to was it it had to be an either or gotcha and because because the like the conflicting beliefs that I had and was developing there wasn't and there wasn't room for them to merge or to coalesce and since kind of that happened i've like i mentioned before the show there's another podcast that or there's a podcast that i listen to sometimes that has that perspective that comes from a, a less literal a more um i don't know the words i'm looking for but a more like uh flexible or less rigid type of Christianity that looks at things differently and I know that there are plenty of people out there who believe that but I wasn't exposed to that and I didn't have that and so learning about Mm -hmm. that more and seeing that there are you know room for that and even some people in my life I know that like them coming out and how they were treated like coming out as Mm -hmm. gay or bi or whatever Mm -hmm. that had an impact for me because I was like "Mm, this doesn't really resonate with this whole 
like love and be kind thing right but one of them is still very active in their faith and they they found the resources that spoke to them and they found um some books and some uh, lenses of theology that helped them uh still feel and believe that way and so i i think that's probably the the thing like if it wasn't one one thing that happened necessarily it was right. the setup that it was driven to you have to choose and then once and it wasn't a, an intentional choice it was kind of just the war happened in my mind kind of on the back burner and then at some point i was like well this is the direction i'm going in i guess and yeah. things stack and progress from there and and some of the the knowledge starts to take a different lens and it's like well you know maybe this thing or this thing is not as convincing as it was and the faith for me as much as the intellectual part was part of it because it was reinforcing was very much a, a belief a feeling an emotional connection mm. you know like um y'all were joking earlier about tyranny you know that the holy spirit hasn't convicted her <laughs> to be on the podcast like that, that internal feeling and so once that sort of faded for me that that emotional belief part i think it was and still is and who knows what the future holds but that yeah. was where it wasn't like i need to shift my theology it was like well mm-hmm. i don't know if i can can be in this category anyway and i learned about the other stuff kind of after and other things you know that that we could talk about for hours little mm-hmm. small stuff that that chips and impacts here and there on things and mm-hmm. so yeah i guess if i was going to pick something it was probably that the framework didn't allow for flexibility or interpretation like y'all were saying yeah and just from listening to you because this is the most we've ever talked about this i can still see there's something in you that's unresolved like you're still on this journey it's not that you changed and you're like this is where i'm at like you're still walking the path trying to sort it out like you said you don't know what the future holds and so it seems like you're still kind of in that journey of figuring out okay where do I, where do I land on this stuff? It, it's hard to not have a faith worldview. Yeah. Like it would, it would be a lot easier if it had just shifted and I identified as a Christian still and mm-hmm. was still believe that. And it had just changed from, you know, Baptist to non-denomination or free will Baptist to non-denominational or Episcopalian yeah. or, or something like that it honestly like internally and socially would be a lot easier for me but it just wasn't possible it's yeah it's just not how it played out so because of time we need to wrap up okay but one last question i had you've strayed away from this conversation because it's not a safe conversation where you live in the with the people that are around us many people would balk at that or give you easy answers to your questions so why did you agree to come on this podcast and share your story uh well i mean i know you i like you i knew this would be a safe environment i think it's it's something that people don't talk about a lot especially Mm. in a more faith-centric environment like it's easy to go on youtube and find people that are have left the church and are angry and screaming about it but it's i'm sure i'm not the only person who's had this experience um Mm -hmm. But I'm fortunate that like the people in my life and my world, if I wanted to talk to the people that really matter about this stuff and I have, I can, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, I, I threw it out to you as an option in case you felt like it would be beneficial and you guys felt like it would. So here I am. Yeah. It's yeah. something to share and talk about. It's the perspective and lens I have to offer. So if it's sure. beneficial or interesting to somebody, there it is. Listen, man, I have beyond what I expected. I've enjoyed our conversation and hearing your story. I really do appreciate you being willing to kind of put yourself out there a little bit and share about your experience. Um, and so thank you. Absolutely. I do appreciate yeah. that. That was um, great. I, 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 I as well, like that was, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to have like conversation, like in general, people yeah. just don't, they just don't know how to talk to mm-hmm. each other, even like with different, like, views and stuff and i think this is this has probably been one of the most enjoyable podcasts that i've yeah. that, that we've done for I sure i mean don't get me wrong we're gonna come pick it at your house later with some turner burn signs but for right now we're not going to <laughs> well, just remember that 
a lot of some of my conservative values still hang around, including being very pro Second Amendment. So, but I'll say this because uh, I'm watching the clock too. Like one thing y'all referenced earlier is we've become a society where dialogue is not tolerated. Um, yeah because of the vocal minorities on any side like if you if i was going to sit down with some people that are very conservative and try to talk about a tender subject like abortion or if i was going to sit down with some people who are uh we'll say either way who are very um like progressive or leaning and talk about being pro-life like there's not a lot of tolerance to have a differing opinion and it's not that that's that way with everybody it's that those are the ones we hear and see and so yeah. we all get afraid to talk about it um uh, and being when nobody benefits from that from being sure. shut down and not hearing stuff so the fact that you guys are doing something where people are able to come and talk about different things is cool and hopefully people yeah. can connect with hearing different ideas that they can connect to that sound like them when they don't feel reflected by the person on Fox or the person on MSNBC because they're two extremes of stuff. Right. Uh, well, man, I haven't gone through like <laughs> being on all different sides of the political issue, like on the therapy side, having been on left and right of politics, having been very much person of faith and then less so like helps because pretty much any client that comes through the door or any person I meet with, like I, I can understand, like, I don't, yeah. I'm not, you can get there conservative person now but i remember what i felt like then and why i believe those things sure it doesn't have to be judgment yeah. well oh, man awesome. i can't i can't wrap it up better than that ross that's right you're welcome on our show anytime we appreciate anytime, it man anytime we'll have you back all right guys that's a wrap until next time ross heal ross the boss y'all behave yourselves thanks Peace for having me guys Thank you.